Welcome to the Point of Perception podcast, where little people talk about life's big questions. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jenny. And today we're talking about enlightenment. Uh, But before we do that, you're probably wondering uh, who we are. I'm Michelle. My academic background is I've got my master's in marriage and family therapy. I practice hypnotherapy, mindfulness, and I'm a writer as well. And that's actually how Jenny and I met. We were hobby screenwriters. We met at a screenwriting class and we're both in the corporate world at that time. Yes. Um, Yeah. We were doing this as really a creative outlet and took several classes together. And then we just became close friends. We did become close friends. And I'm Jenny. And I'm the most neurotic, crazy person you will ever meet. And Michelle is my mentor, one of my spiritual guides. (laughs) (laughs) And her path I've seen over the last 10 years and where we both started and where she is today. You do hypnotherapy work. You do, is it Reiki work? I don't even know how to say it. I do Reiki. I do. You do a lot of really interesting things to help other people. But what about you, Jenny? I have Mm. been a corporate person and I am truly institutionalized in the corporate (laughs) world. That's actually where I get my flow, though. That's my tribe. That's my family. I understand it. I've done it for so long. So I do the corporate thing. I've done marketing for many, many years mm-hmm. and, um, and truly enjoy doing branding, social media, lots of digital campaigns. That's one of the things that I do. This is what I love about us because we are so different, but we're really, really close. And today we are talking about enlightenment, which is one of the first reasons why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place. I have been on a spiritual journey for years. And it was through a lot of heartache and a lot of professional and personal disappointment that, you know, I started my spiritual journey about 10 years ago. And I just could never get to a place where I had this idea in my mind of what enlightenment looked like. And I think we're fed certain things like you're always happy and Zen and Zen looks like, you know, rainbows and fairy dust, like, you know, just shooting out your ass all the time. And and anything that comes at you, you're just, it doesn't matter because it's because you're enlightened and, you know, everything's just wonderful. And, you know, you go meditate for hours and hours and it's awesome. And, you know, all your vacations, you know, revolve around sitting on a mountaintop and meditating all the time. And I thought that I would never get there. And I thought that I would um, never um, get to that stage. So therefore, I would never be enlightened. And it was disheartening. And then I realized that it's just enlightenment is different for everyone. Like if I ask you, Jenny, what is your definition of enlightenment? I would give you deer in the headlights look. (laughs) And then I would say, I think it's monks in the Himalayas. Right. That's exactly what I would think. Um, And I think your point about it's not rainbow shooting out of my ass all the time is really important. But that doesn't mean we can't be spiritual. Right. But now that we're in this like new, new age spirituality and we are in the age of Aquarius. Do you remember that song? Age of Aquarius. It was the first album I ever bought in my entire life at a vintage record store. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. I did not know that about you. I know. Okay. But do you do you know what that means? Not really. I know, right? No. 
<laughs> You're the teacher here. I'm the student. No, it's just that I didn't either, you know, for a long time. And I've always kind of been, um, even as a young girl, I was always into horoscopes and the Zodiac and astrology. And I was raised very conservative Christian. So even that stuff, uh, the horoscope stuff was like, mm-mm, no, ma'am. So, of course, what did that make me more curious about the whole thing. So Aquarius is, you know, obviously, you know, that's part of the, the astrology and the Zodiac. And I'm, I still don't know, you know, a fourth of what all that's about. But we actually, what that song was talking about, the age of Aquarius, and we've actually entered that, it's, I think it started in like 2012. It's the age of intuition. That's what I've read that you know, it means so, but it does make sense to me when you think about this new push that's going on with spirituality, even like TV shows and now are talking about the universe. Yeah. Oh, well, the universe doesn't want me to do this or, or the universe, you know, subjects like that. Nobody spoke about things like that 20 years ago. You didn't, you didn't speak like that. So the age of Aquarius is, um, is what we're in now. And it's, you know, it's about intuition. So, um, but that is this whole push, this enlightenment, you know, push and this new age spirituality has become more mainstream. Do you see that? I do see that. Okay. And I equate the universe with God, with my higher self, with a number of things. How do you see the universe the way we talk about it in public today? Like, I don't know what you mean. Um, do you call it, is it God? Is it a cosmic energy? Oh, I think it's everything. I mean, I think that it's it's all encompassing, if that makes sense. So I think it's, and it's so far reaching that our human brain can't even, you know, the concept and I think that's what, you know, confuses a lot of people is that the concept is so it's hard for us to grasp some of the things about that. But um, as far as like, though, to, to turn back around to the Enlightenment and the New Age um, spirituality in the age of Oprah and all this and Deep, Deepak Chopra, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but um, and the guy that wrote the, the Power of One, you know, all this is becoming mainstream. But if you tie in to your thoughts about that and your thoughts of enlightenment, doesn't it seem far reaching? It does. I want to levitate. Do you? I do. I don't. I will never get there. I know I'll never get there. Well, then you won't because That's you just right. said that. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. But all that, you know, I think what I want people to understand and the reason why I think is a big reason why, you know, I'm even starting this podcast is because I do want people to understand that enlightenment is unique, is is as unique and can be as unique as you are, as each individual. And it will mean something different for everyone. So when I was able to do that and realize that, I was like, oh, okay, good. Because I don't want to take meditation vacations. That does not seem fun to me whatsoever. I don't want to be this person that, um, well, I'm just not going to be. I'm just not going to be that rainbow and fairy dust, you know, shooting out of my ass person. And also, there's a very cri a critical side to me as well, um, analytical, I should say. I, I'm always searching like a seeker. So I'm always searching for, you know, truths and, and things like that. So 
when I realized that I could have my own brand or my own version of enlightenment, then I was like, oh, okay. I think I just got it. I think I just got it. Um, when I was in my 20s, I'm much older now. And you know what the Bible says, the older women will teach the younger. <laughs> so, <laughs> Does it? But when I was in my 20s, I also was very analytical. And I thought that God itself was just this mythological creature that folks had to invent. Mm-hmm. But I had a personal experience. And that personal experience was a near-death experience for me. And I saw the white light and my it oh, literally oh, back up. You got to tell you can't say that you had a near death experience and not tell us what it was. Um, well, because I truly felt like I, I was an atheist at that point okay. and I wasn't searching spiritually at all. I just thought that wasn't an intellectual decision for me. And so I went about my life in a very different way. But I was driving my young son to school, first day of school, kindergarten. And I had a car accident, and um, the other little girl, 16 years old, driving her car, died. And it was it was a pretty tough accident. But I mm-hmm. I literally saw the white light. My life flashed just like flashcards or movie shots, mm-hmm. boom, 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 from the time I was very young until present time. And then I hovered over my body and saw the the crash. And you I had the choice. The story. I've never told it, very few people this story. But when you said personal experience and enlightenment, my life changed after that. But I do think it, it no one else has had that experience. So no one else can truly understand that. Right. Yeah. But I think it changed my life in a way that I was more enlightened. And I do feel like there's something right. else. And, you know, I, another reason why, you know, I'm, I wanted to do this was because of the way that we're functioning in our society um, is very, you know, judgy-wudgy. And it just does not leave anyone any room for their own personal stamp or you know, their own personal definition of spirituality. Um, and it's, it's just sad. Like for me, enlightenment means trust. And that's all it means. So if I can trust that the universe and God, which is one and the same to me really, um, has my best interest at heart, you know, and is rooting for me, which it is, and it's rooting for all of us. We just, you know, have to see that and remember that. But if I can trust, then I don't have to worry, right? Then you have I'm, a great definition of worry. I do have a great definition of worry. Well, it's, you know, worry is just imagined fears. Yes. So even when we were doing the workshop, uh, this past weekend, um, I do a uh, kind of like a well, we call it play shop now, right? Yes. We change the it's not uh, work. It's not work. It's a play shop. We changed the name, but, but people would think we were crazy if we advertised play shops. Well, they wouldn't know. Actually, one girl said, "Well, nobody would know what it what it is." Right. <laughs> I was right. like, "Well, you're right because you know we don't play enough." But it was just about creating story and play, and it was a lot of fun. And um, it was just using your imagination. And I always say that imagination is like um, a puppy. And if you give, if the puppy always wants your attention, it's always me, 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 me. And so if you give your puppy lots of creative play and to spend its energy, you know, then it's, oh, it can rest. You know, it just wants to like rest in your lap and it's so happy. If you don't, it will probably be in your closet. Um, chewing your shoes 
or just, you know, eating the trash or destroying your home or, you know, whatever. So your imagination the same way, if you don't give it a positive outlet, it will take a mind of its own, which is, you know, and create fear. When you create fear that's not real, that's just worry because worry is nothing else but imagined fears because it hasn't happened yet. If it had happened, we'd call it circumstance, right? Because you're in the present moment, this bad thing has happened or whatever. And so I'm having to deal with this bullshit. But worry is something that hasn't happened yet. So then you create all this, you know, imagined chaos scenarios around it. And, you know, nine times out of 10, which I don't really know if that's the correct stat, but who cares? It doesn't even happen the way that you have imagined it. You know, you're talking to the most neurotic worrier in the entire universe. I do. That's why that we're doing this together. And here's why <laughs> I worry. Here's why I worry. Because if I worry about it, it generally doesn't happen. So if I worry, I go ahead and work through that in my mind. And then it doesn't happen. Now, the stuff that gets me is like when I had uh, was diagnosed with cancer, I never thought about cancer. So for me, worry is a way to somehow deal with potential stuff. But you're exactly right. It is killing me from the inside out. Right. And then in other podcasts, we, we're going to talk about how, you know, you how manifesting in a law of attraction, which is so over romanticized, you know, and it was romanticized in the 80s with that book, The Secret, um, but how it really works today, um, 30 years later, 40 years, goodness, but whatever, you know, um, and how it really does work. And we'll break all that down. But, you know, in that we'll we'll talk about worry again, you know, because um, it's all part of it. Yes, it's all part of it. Um, So our question of the week actually came from our workshop this weekend. And it was uh, a lady asked me if manifesting is real. And if so, you know, how does it work? And why is, why isn't everyone talking about it? Why aren't there just these huge workshops on just manifesting, which there really are, but, um, and it is real. And, you know, this is one of the huge things, uh, subjects that I wanted to break down in this podcast. And we were going to actually talk more about it on the next one, but, um, how, how law of attraction Everyone's heard that, but how it really works. And it's really the law of cause and effect. And that's all it is. No one wants to hear law of attraction because that's done gone woo-woo. You know, people, law of attraction, oh gosh, that's that woo-woo shit, you know, whatever. But it really is the law of cause and effect. And that is it. That's physics. I mean, Albert Einstein talked about that. So that's the difference. And you really are already doing it. So when you say is manifesting real, well, yeah, and you're doing it right this second. In every day of your life. But um, we'll definitely, you know, get more into that on, on the next one. Yeah. You just said woo-woo. What does woo-woo mean to you? Because I think of bachelorette parties and woo, and that's not what you're talking about. No, but yes, I I, I know those woo-woos too. But um, woo-woo is some, a term in this, I guess, this new age spiritual realm. Um, and I hear it all the time. But it means, you know, woo-woo means you're the weirdo. Um, spiritual lady that has crystals and, you know, her sage and salt lamps. Yeah. And, you know, burns flowy her, dresses. Yes. And cleanses her house with sage and yeah. And wears crystals and um, which I do sometimes. And usually braless. Right. Uh, well, no, I do wear a bra. But um, <laughs> but 
you, but now, you know, you get that picture of, yeah, that, that spiritual flowy woo woo. And that's just the term. So you will actually hear me say this a lot. And so now you know that the woo woo, and you've all seen them, you know, the crystal wearing, sage burning woo woo girl or boy. So is this the anti woo woo? Because I like those woo woo women and guys. I love the woo woo. I've embraced the woo woo, but there, like I said, there's that side of me that, just will never be, oh, oh, everything's just so shiny and bright and new and love and peace and blah, 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 blah. I, you know, it just, I have that kind of um, cynical side, maybe. I still have that grit. I have a gritty side where I'm like, oh, oh. you know, things just does don't uh, agree with me sometimes. I just can't be, you know, rainbows and sunshine all the time. So, you know, woo-woo people do kind of... A, attempt to for me then this is my opinion to stay in the ethers does that make sense so you see people with their head in the clouds that's what I call you know head in the clouds and and you know they very uh adopt that whole spirituality as love and peace love and light you'll hear that all the time if you ever hear somebody love and light I send a lot of prayers love and, and love light, and light love and light and so um, that's, you know, kind of woo-woo. But then you get these people that are like, God, would you just shut the hell up? You know, and that's me, too. So I kind of have there. It's very dualistic personality, which is weird. But, um, you know, I just roll with it. Rolling with it works for me yeah, I because I don't it. have time for anything else. Yeah. Who has time for woo-woo? But I do have time for some prayer and some meditation. Right. And I do have time to really look inside and do some work on myself. Because I do worry all the time. Right. And I think that's what it is. I want people to know that you can go on your own spiritual journey and it can look exactly the way that you are and the way that you want it. You do not have to adopt this woo-woo mentality. You do not have to adopt any mentality because it's really all about you and finding your thing, whatever your thing is, and, and you know, rallying the, your essence inside and, and going forth. And it doesn't have to look any certain way. I like it. These are just our thoughts, but we want to hear from you. Share your journey using the hashtag point of perception. Also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our mailing list at michellemathis.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Point of Perception is produced by Pottery Studios and sponsored by SmartGirlTech.com. Stay tuned after the music to learn more about Smart Girl Tech. Our producer for the show is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Michelle and Jenny. We'll catch you next time on Point of Perception. Smart Girl Tech offers smart sales, marketing, analytics, research, and training. Smart business solutions with a female touch. With an all-female staff, we specialize in integrated marketing solutions that deliver revenue results, corporate training, and events to improve people and performance. Visit us at smartgirltech.com to learn more.